Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and our Wonder Women in Business podcasts give a voice to the women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. I love to share their stories with the world because in their shining, they give permission to others to shine as well. Tune in to Freeman Means Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public for our great episodes starring people who move the needle. Today's guest is Marla Sofer of Gymstep. First of all, let me say thank you, Marla, for being here and happy MLK Day. Happy MLK Day, Susan. It's fantastic to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. You are most welcome. So folks, I know Marla from a group we belong to called The Club. So it's the Women's Club of Silicon Valley. And this particular club does a lot to help move the needle, as I say, and support women in business, professional women. And we are sort of a sisterhood. We help one another out. So my way of paying it forward is to invite a number of these dynamic women onto my podcast. Marla, you're one of those people. So let's learn a little more about you. Tell me a little about yourself. Well, first, thank you. Love to be a dynamic woman, and thanks for the, uh, the all of what all of everything you're doing for the women of the club. So I am originally from Texas, and I um, went to college at the University of Texas, and then I did a program focused on peace and conflict resolution. So immediately. Uh, following college, I actually moved to Israel and started to get a master's degree focusing on peace and uh, lived in Israel for two years, met, met my husband there, uh, and then came back to the States because there was a lot of fighting. But I actually have carried through in every single piece of my career and nonprofit involvement and family life and everything else, all of those tenets and um, and things that I learned from peace and conflict resolution. So everything related to mediation and negotiation and many stops along my career have had a very heavy component of negotiating. Uh, I don't think that's by accident. I think that's something that I love to do. Um, so after I, I lived in Israel, I actually moved to New Jersey. I got my MBA while I was um, working full time. And then I got into banking. And uh, in 2007, just prior to the financial crisis, I was at J.P. Morgan at that time, and I relocated from New York out to um, California in San Francisco, and I've been in the Bay Area ever since. I started working at J.P. Morgan when I was here. There's a story within that, but basically I created a role for myself when a lot of what was happening at that time with asset managers and in banking was, was in massive turmoil. So I ended up creating a team at J.P. Morgan that was responsible for servicing very large asset management firms. And it went great. I love it. I loved it. And then uh, I moved to BlackRock, where at BlackRock for, for about five years, I did the reverse. I managed very large relationships with banks and uh, data providers and index licensing firms. And then I, I just really wanted to be in tech. I wanted to be part of financial technology. I had lived in the Bay Area since 2007. So I've been in financial tech since 2015. And it was a, a different type of a path. My career has followed a very nonlinear path. Um, but I think where I am now is, is fantastic. Uh, very focused on technology and empowering people with technology. So I think that's fantastic. I, I 
bite my tongue so as not to interrupt my guests. But I have to tell you, I was so excited to hear your story. Um, I try not to learn a lot of detail about you before we podcast that way. That way I'm in the same shoes as the listeners. And I'm truly, truly thrilled to hear this story. So um, I'm sure you've read Getting to Yes and you engage in a lot of the principled negotiation um, that they teach in that book. I actually had the pleasure of meeting William Urey. He's amazing. And I teach a lot of getting to yes. So the fact that that was your focus so early on, uh, probably long before I even read the book, that's amazing. And for a woman to engage in that way uh, is courageous, a lot of grit. So that's fantastic. Imagine that, a girl from Texas with lots of grit. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. So another thing that I love about your story is um, you're, you were in financial services. I used to work at State Street in Boston. Um, for their Global Link division, which is their tech division. So I think we have a lot of wonderful parallels here. Maybe at least a conversation over a cocktail. I see that in our future. So fantastic that you have such a good calling and great background and experience. Tell me a little a bit about your proudest accomplishment. Although I think moving to Israel with the focus on peace is pretty amazing. Um, what <laughs> might you consider your proudest professional accomplishment? Well, thank you for that. Um, so I think my proudest accomplishment has been navigating roles and really following my heart uh, without necessarily the traditional background and the traditional required path. Um, I, I think I get a bit antsy after a couple of, of years in a role, and I, I have been able to actually find opportunities for myself that would be challenging create serious impact in what I've been doing um, and learning along the way. So I think it's a very selfish answer because I'm not necessarily talking about a, uh, an end that I accomplished for my company. I thought about the question a little bit when you sent it to me. And for me, that's probably what's made me proudest is that I'm continually learning and continually applying the different learnings that I've had at different roles in new ways and maturing and gaining more experience through each of those. And then in each successive role where I'm able to apply more and more, that's really what I'm personally most, most proud of. I think that's a pretty admirable um, accomplishment or, or trait to have. It sounds to me like a thirst for knowledge is a core value you hold and your behaviors align with that core value. Uh, so again, courage and the thirst for knowledge, those are pretty admirable traits. So uh, that's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I see you will probably grow professionally as well as intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, um, with all this thirst for knowledge that you have and this continual learning. Um, I always tell people, you know, don't be afraid of technology. Um, just stay in kids, uh, stay in school, kids. You know, even at our age, we have to continue to learn. Uh, you know, to keep pace with the way that our technology is changing. It's not going to replace us. It will enhance us and vice versa. So I love that you're taking on this new um, realm, if you will. Uh, you said tech was new and an exciting endeavor for you. So that's fantastic. You're certainly in the right place for it. Well, who has been your uh, biggest inspiration or maybe a personal mentor or professional mentor? 
Sure. So I think my, my biggest personal inspiration, without a doubt, is my mother. And my mother is an entrepreneur. She had a, call it a salaried position, until she was about 37. And then, you know, in the 80s, she had three children and decided to leave and start her own company. Um, in Texas back in the day, I guess venture capital wasn't a big thing. It was very much bootstrapped and taking some loans and making it work. So she, um, you know, decided that she would really be happiest as her own boss and started a company in the, in the education business. She has, um, private college and she's had a couple of private colleges since then. Uh, that and she's very focused on on what she does and having an impact. So she's inspired me in so many different ways. And when I think about all of my different proudest professional accomplishments and personal accomplishments, they all involve diving right into some hard problems, but also very, being very true and authentic to who I am. So uh, one of the things that has inspired me, and this may you know stem from some of the the um, impact from my mom is also being just very involved in the community. So I uh, have sat on a few boards focused on social justice and childhood literacy. And I'm actually right now in the middle of launching a brand new women's network at my company here in the Bay Area. And I actually launched a different women's, two other women's networks at prior roles. Um, so that it's something that's very, very... Wow. <laughs> Um, I want to give a shout out to your mom. I, I know I, it, it's not just in jest. There's truth in jest here, folks. When I say um, girls from Texas, they have grit. I mean, obviously, mom has grit, too, to have been so courageous uh, starting her own companies. And you've learned from her. Um, but wow, to start your own women's initiatives on more than one occasion, that's you're my personal hero. That's my personal um, goal and focus right now in my life is uh, focusing on, you know, assisting women in professional services and raising their profiles and so forth. So I'd love to hear more about that. Um, tell me more about what you're doing right now with your women's initiative. Great. Uh, so right now I'm at a small fintech company that's owned by a larger financial firm. And we didn't, we actually have a women's network, but there is no access or resources that can be tapped into in that global women's network available to the women in the Bay Area. And there's quite a lot of women that are based in different locations, most of them in San Francisco, some in California, in uh, Southern California, some in, even in Texas, different parts of Texas. Um, so what I have done is um, created a grassroots initiative to say we need to have some presence in the Bay Area. And I've tapped into what it is that the women out here actually want and need. So because I'm part of a, a tech arm of a large financial firm, I'm getting us access to more women in tech resources, um, looking at opportunities to recruit from large tech, women in tech type conferences and forums, and just sharing resources as many and as often as and frequently as I can. So there's so much happening here in the Bay Area with respect to meetups. The club is a good example. A lot of different networking opportunities and just getting the word out. So now we have this little women's network called, um, it's IWN is our global one. And, and my one that I've just launched is IWN Bay Area. 
and we communicate frequently, sharing opportunities to come together and, and hear stories. And we, we've got programming that we also do. So we're doing programming to deliver exactly into what it is the women of the network want and need. So a lot of the women are at a little bit more of a junior stage in the career, in their careers, and they want uh, sessions talking about taking risk and networking and um, being authentic and asking. So just the entire effort of how do you actually come up with an ask? What's the right way and forum to make an ask? How do you stay true to the ask and not allow it to pass you by when, when you get an answer you're not expecting? So I've, uh, we've got a full um, host of events planned for 2019 to start to have sessions that will expose a lot of these women to a lot of resources out there. Well, and we would love to invite you, Susan. We'd love <laughs> to invite you to our network. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I do these podcasts just to pay it forward and to thank the universe for all the great opportunities I've been given in my own business in my own professional life. Um, I wasn't even sure if you knew what I did day to day, nine to five as a professional life, but thank you for that shout out. I do do these programs, a lot of Brene Brown type of leadership programming, uh, communication best practices and business development best practices. So if ever there's a need that I can fill, you let me know. I'm happy to help. Um, so it sounds like at the end of the day, our focus is the same or similar in helping women to thrive and do, do well in, in their careers. So let me know how I can help. Let me ask you, um, uh, this is the perfect segue, actually. My next question, uh, I believe that women should lift each other up. That said, how would you advise other women to support women in business? You've given me example of how, examples of how you do this. Uh, how is it that other people who don't have the opportunity to actually start their own women's network, what are some smaller ways that women can lift one another, help one another, professional women in business? So I think the number one way that women can help lift other women is by giving them their time. I think it's so important to actually get to know women, especially those that um, are brave enough to reach out to you when they're cold calling or when they might have met you at some point or another and they come to you for advice. I think it's very, very important to give them time and to share especially the vulnerable parts of your story. So when you're sharing your own story and stories of when you messed up, you are lifting other women by sharing with them that it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not have, um, you know, the exemplary types of, of paths that, that everyone aspires to and sees in the media so frequently or sees in their mentors um, or in the, the bosses at work. And when you actually spend time getting to know women and help them understand that their path can find growth, just as yours did, then I think that's exactly the way where all these women are then going to find their voice um, and hopefully really move the needle so we have a lot more women leaders um, and a lot more women in, in executive positions and are able to actually drive real change. I love this answer. So folks, um, on this podcast, you may or may not realize we have a chat function where we can speak with one another through the chat function. And as Marla started to answer this, when she said time, we can share time, 
I literally, I was blown over. That is such a beautiful answer. And rarely, that's the thing people have so little of these days. And that's the thing people share the least of. So, wow, bravo. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, if I could find more women out there who were willing to share time, not just with me, but other women in my network, especially those who are, um, they're in the formative stages of their careers and they're not yet either afraid to make a mistake or they have made a mistake and don't know how to recover. Um, but when you speak about the power of vulnerability, which I believe in, you know, let's be authentic and share the lessons learned. You know, we win or we learn, we never lose. I think that's beautiful. So I love the answer of time, the gift of time. Um, that is possibly one of the greatest things you can give to those you love and respect or want to help, uh, you know, lift up. So that was fantastic. I, no one's ever said that on all the podcasts I've ever done. No one's ever. Said, Thank you. Yeah, that's so. So I'm a feeler. If you can't tell, I'm an I'm an E slash e I NFJ. So I'm totally a feeler. And that just struck me right in the heart. And yes, I think that we need to be. Um, those types of leaders where we have EQ, transformational leadership, where we share time and we're very um, open to being vulnerable and learning, you know, and sharing our lessons. So that was amazing. What, um, speaking of lessons learned from things that didn't go well, or maybe um, mistakes that we made or problems that we had to clean up on someone else's part. I know that I've been in the position where I took the hit or had to take one for the team or clean up the mess that someone else made. And that just sometimes is what you do. So tell me about your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? So I think uh, my, my biggest challenge was probably that I had um, maybe even surprised myself a bit in that I had grown through my career and, and really achieved a role which often happens for women in financial services. Um, and many, many of my, my peers that I've spoken with have been in this position where they get to this place where they are the only woman in the room repeatedly. And they are feeling great that they've got this amazing job in front of them, yet something's just off. And I felt that way um, in one of my roles where I felt like, I should be so grateful for the blessings that I've been given to have achieved this much so far in my career, but I felt stuck. I had been there about three and a half years. Um, I definitely was at the point where I was always the only woman in the room. There was a whole lot of golf and whiskey, um, and I felt like <laughs> I needed a change. <laughs> yes. I just, I, I felt like it was time for me to move on because I was not learning as much as I had wanted to. And I knew that there were several roadblocks between me and a career path that I was really aiming for. So the way I overcome it was I, um, to be very honest with, without necessarily all of the support from my personal network, including my husband decided I needed to jump. I needed to get out of traditional financial services and get into FinTech. Um, and FinTech was growing and exciting and, it was the unknown. There was a lot of vulnerability in taking a really solid, steady job at a dream company with, you know, very good reviews and a lot of appreciation from my management, but it just wasn't right for me. So I decided to jump 
Um, and I would say that when I jumped, it was not a neat, clean landing. <laughs> it was, you know, landed in one company that five months later blew up. Um, and my role was all about creating controls and more governance at that company. So I stayed there about a year and then went to another company, which also taught me a tremendous amount, but wasn't necessarily a great fit, but gave me so many more lessons um, that I'm now applying at GemStep. So I, I learned um, so much in each of these jumps that the the challenge that I was faced with, this being stuck and really like tearing my brain for about a year, whether can I, can I move or not? And realizing after I made the jump, all of the riches that I got out of each of the other opportunities that I got into has been not only a, an overcoming of the challenge, but it's actually been my own career growth. That, that has been the path that I feel like I was meant to take all along. Um, but it wasn't easy. And, you know, there were challenges throughout. Um, and it was really important that, you know, at, at the one company that was blowing up, I had a really good sense of uh, what, what it looks like to clean up a company that was in massive right. growth mode and then all of a sudden has a halt. And then at the next company, I learned about what it's like to, to present in front of a, a board full of venture, venture capitalist investors um, and what it's like to go quarter to quarter at a start in a startup type environment and really be focused on, on revenue. Um, so for me, uh, the, the overcoming was, was the pleasant part of my journey. I, I actually really appreciated that. I think that's wonderful. So the cumulative effect of the lessons learned actually taught you how to prepare for whatever that perfect job will be or is. And maybe each of these in some way was the perfect job for you at that time. Um, you know, part of being great at what we do, regardless of your position, is solving problems, meeting challenges, you know, having the moxie and the metal to move on or to recognize when to let go, give up and, and you know, or recognize when to stay and smash it, you know, so that's great. I think that's wonderful. No regrets, it sounds like. It sounds like there were no regrets for you, although um, there were some challenges, you faced them well, so bravo to you. Uh, tell us something that we don't know or can't read on your bio or find out on LinkedIn about you. Something maybe we can so, relate to or not, you know, something unique or surprising. All right, I'll give you, I'll give you two, maybe one more relatable. So one thing, I already said I'm from El Paso. So being from El Paso means that I, I definitely need to speak Spanish. So I speak Spanish and I lived in Israel. Um, and so I actually speak Hebrew fluently. So because I speak English, Hebrew and Spanish fluently, I got into financial services. Had it not been for my languages, I don't think I would ever, ever have been on this career path. Um, you know, I was living in New York, had no desire to be in financial services. I had actually had a job offer already from Merrill Lynch. This was back in 2002 and decided that I would never want to be in financial services. Um, but um, lo and behold, things change in life. And I decided, yes, I did want to get into banking. And I got into an Israeli bank that served Latin and South American clients where I actually spoke more Spanish and Hebrew through the course of my day than I did in English. And I loved it. From there, my, my path really kind of expanded onward, but it's really only because of the languages that I got on this path in the first place. 
That's fantastic. So. What a unique <laughs> skill set. So it's so funny because um, you think of financial services and, you know, learning languages and liberal arts is not marrying, you know, like if you're going to go to school and learn liberal arts or foreign languages or whatnot, you wouldn't go the path of financial services yet. That was highly sought out. Um, you know, folks in financial services where we're now, you know, the world is flat, they're global, they serve the world. So to find someone who's trilingual as you are, um, wow, that's, that is amazing. That is a surprising fact. Um, I did know a little bit about you. I did not know that you were trilingual. That's incredible. So bravo again. Um, I do have pretty amazing women on my podcast. That's why it's called Wonder Women in Business. But some of you, like you, Marla, really take the cake. So blown away. That is amazing. So tell me a little bit, um, anything else you would like the listeners to know about you? And then how might they reach out to you? I love that you said you are opening yourself up and your network up to share time with those who need it or want it. So anything else you'd like to share before you tell us how they can reach you? I would just share that I'm totally accessible. Um, I believe very strongly in paying it forward. And I, I do get people reaching out to me frequently on LinkedIn. Um, I get a lot of former, former colleagues at different jobs. And I believe that at a macro level that it's actually an obligation for women to lift other women up. And so it's important to me um, that your listeners are aware that I'm accessible. I'm very happy to help in any way possible. And the best way to reach me is probably on LinkedIn. So at uh, LinkedIn, just Marla Sofer is my, my LinkedIn uh, tag name. M-A-R-L-A-S-O-F-E-R. So S is in Sam, O-F is in Frank, E-R on LinkedIn. So that's fantastic. Um, we are going to say goodbye now and thank you for this wonderful 30 minutes that we just spent together. I learned a lot about you I didn't know and I will be sharing this information in the way of a blog cast. That's what I call it. I write a blog. I'll insert your headshot and bio along with the link to this podcast and that way people get a little bit on the visual side as well as uh, hearing the podcast. So this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of yourself and a lot of your time with us today, Marla. Thank you very much, Susan. It was fun.